This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Uh, it's a rare chance for a Q&A on any topic with Mary Holm, our personal finance expert who joins me now from her home. Hi, Mary. Hello, Jesse. Thank you for offering the service to our listeners. That's fine. And we've got heaps of uh, people getting in touch, hey? Yes, we have. And a few of them have, have committed the mortal sin of, of sort of giving us too much information. And I think it's hard for people listening to sort of grasp the whole situation, you know, so the sort of simpler, clearer cut questions are the ones that work better on radio, I think. Yeah, and and that's, I mean, that's partly um, the success of your column is the fact that if one person is interested, there are probably 100,000 others (laughs) listening who are in the same sort of situation or or might be one day. Yeah, yes. Okay, well, let's go straight into it then. Uh, too late to send your questions in now, guys, so just uh, so just listen instead. Uh, we will do this uh, another time in the future, but for now, Jane would like to know, well, she says she's going to be receiving $80,000 from bonus bonds. She wants to know if she should add it to her KiwiSaver account or buy an electric vehicle or maybe buy some shares. Three pretty different options. Well, yes. two pretty different options there, at least, Mary. Two of them are pretty different. So let's look at, well, KiwiSaver versus shares is the sort of simpler one first. And I would say for most people it's a good idea to put put money into KiwiSaver rather than into separate shares if your goal is to maximise your retirement savings, you know, Um, because in KiwiSaver you're getting the diversification um, going for individual shares, the chances of you being able to pick particular shares that are going to do better than than a KiwiSaver fund are fairly low. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. um, a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to luck. But if you enjoy investing in shares, and more and more people are enjoying that, doing it through some of the online platforms often, so they don't have to invest a whole lot of money. Um, if you're enjoying doing that with your eighty thousand, Jane will. I would say why not, as long as it's not a sort of key part of your total savings. Um, go for it and, and have a bit of fun picking out some shares. Um, buying an EV is a whole other, an electric vehicle is a whole other, you know, that's spending instead of investing, but it might bring you a lot of happiness and uh, feeling good about the world because you've gone ahead and made that big move that, that a lot of us are thinking next car is going to be an EV. And and um, so, look, at it, it does so much depend on Jane's total financial situation, but if she's in a fairly strong situation and, and the car would bring her some pleasure and some fun, I would say go for that. Great. Uh, I work 24 hours a week in one job, says Katie in Wairarapa, and three hours a week in a different job with a different employer. I'm in KiwiSaver with my main employer, and it didn't occur to me to join KiwiSaver with my second employer until I received a letter from IRD saying they noticed I wasn't contributing from my second job. Is it worth it? Should I be contributing from both? Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Katie seems to have fallen through the cracks here a bit because... 
strictly speaking, well, at the beginning, if you're just joining KiwiSaver for the first time and you've got more than one job, you can say, I want the money to come out of one job only. But if you're already in KiwiSaver and you get a second job, then the money should be coming out of both paychecks kind of automatically. You know, the employer should really ask you if you're in the scheme and if you are, be taking the money out. Now, you can, if you want to, um, do a saving suspension on one job and not the other. So you can be in one and not the other, or contributing through one and not the other if you want to. But here's Katie, and the IRD has sort of caught up with, and I, I think that's probably what happens in the end. The IRD starts saying, hey, just a minute, this person's got um, PAYE taxes coming mm. in from two different employers, but KiwiSaver from only one. What's going on here? So they've written to her. And I would say, Katie, look, even though it's probably a pretty small amount of money, you might as well be in KiwiSaver from both jobs because you'll get employer contributions on both of those sums then. You won't get more government money because you're probably already getting the maximum government money, but you will get employer money. And and so that is almost doubling the money coming in from you. Assuming her employer is paying that contribution, Making a contribution, well, they have to. Yeah, if she's... um, if she's making contributions, they have to. And okay. if anyone out there whose employer is not, you should be reporting that to IRD because that should not be happening. So it's a way for, for Katie. We will assume Katie's employers on the up and up. Um, it's a way for her to get you know her money almost doubled. The reason why it's only almost doubled is the employer contributions are taxed and yours are not. So there's less coming in from the employer than there is from you. But nonetheless... It's sort of close to doubling the money going in, and that's a huge boost to your savings. So you might as well go for it. Someone else asks, I'm soon to withdraw my KiwiSaver for a mortgage. The KiwiSaver is in balanced growth and rising very slowly. I know it's a risk, but is it worth changing into growth for six or seven weeks before withdrawing the funds? Now, that's scary. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, the answer to that is, is... no, uh, unless you really want to take a big risk. But I would say that when you're about to take money out for a mortgage, that's not the time to be risking that money. You know, I mean, we saw last year what happened. People's KiwiSaver accounts dropped by about a third. And, you know, that's awfully unlikely to happen again, but it might. And that wouldn't be terribly good right before you're about to buy a house. So, I mean, any money that you are planning to spend within the next three years, really, it's best to have it in a low-risk fund. And, in fact, this person has got these in a balanced growth fund, he, he or she said. Um, that's, I would actually be saying move that down to the lowest risk fund your provider yeah. offers um, and certainly not be moving up unless you're a real gambler and you could, you could find the whole house thing falls through. That would be that would be your advice to anyone planning to use their KiwiSaver in the next five years is to yeah. move to a low risk fund, right? Certainly within the next three, mm-hmm. and, and and if it's sort of you know between three and say ten years, you might be in a sort of middle risk fund. Mm-hmm. But once you get to within about three years of spending it, move it into low risk, and then you know where you stand. Whatever whatever happens, but, and, and yeah, that's if you're going to spend all of it, like on a house. If you're about to turn sixty-five, maybe it gets a bit more complicated. And we've done it sessions does, on that because yeah. you're not planning to spend all that in a lump sum. That's right. Just just move the money you're thinking of spending within the next three years into the low risk.
My wife and I, we we're in our mid-twenties. We just bought our first home, says someone. We have a sizable mortgage and we're each contributing to KiwiSavers. My question is, what should we be doing with our additional savings, uh, excluding our rainy day fund? Should we pay down the mortgage or make investments? Gee, Tom, Tom sounds yeah. like he's a, a good uh, thinker here. He's asking the right questions and yeah. in a pretty good position. Yeah, he is. He's doing well for in the mid-twenties. Um, and uh, let's applaud them for having a rainy day fund. That's, you know, the first thing to do with extra savings is to get some money there that will help you out if you lose your job or something else awful mm-hmm. happens. Um, so the paying down the mortgage versus making investments is, I've always said... Um, it's a good idea to pay down the mortgage because it gives you a very secure position if you can get to the point where you've got a low or no mortgage. These days, with mortgage interest rates so low, that question is a bit more debatable, and you and I have talked about mm. that before, Jesse. Uh, so it depends a bit. And as a young couple here, they've got plenty of years to, you know, if they, if they do other investments rather than paying down their mortgage, they've got plenty of years to get past any... Um, market crashes in the meantime so if, you know if they're feeling they could like they could take a bit of risk they could put it into a higher risk non-KiwiSaver fund so they've got access to the money if they want it somewhere sometime um, and so it's in that higher risk fund um, as long as they promise themselves to stick, stick with it when the markets go down basically yeah okay. but if they if they prefer something a lot more secure then there's nothing wrong ever with paying down the mortgage talking to Mary Holm is taking a listener questions on their financial situation um um I'm 64 says Margaret I'm self-employed and I plan to work for the next five years or so. I have around 600000 invested with a finance company, and I live with my retired husband in a mortgage-free house. Is $600,000 enough to retire on, or would you advise I keep saving for the next few years while I can and am still enjoying what I do? Again, that sounds like a pretty good position to be in, to my untrained yeah. eye, Mary. Yeah, yes, she's, she's, you know, certainly not in an awful position. One thing that flashed at me a little bit was she's got her 600000 with a finance company. Um, just make sure you haven't been enticed by high interest rates into a company that's a little bit risky, mm-hmm. Margaret. I'd just be checking that out because we saw what happened to finance companies 10 years ago or so where people lost a lot of money, so... So this close to retirement, you may want to look for a lower-risk investment. Yeah, yes, she, yes, she might. She might want to move that money into into um, perhaps a KiwiSaver fund um, or where it's un, very unlikely to sort of just disappear, whereas in a finance company it possibly could. But she assuming that investment's all right, um, I think I would suggest she might want to move into a... a move that money into a cash fund, a non-KiwiSaver cash fund. There's, I've had a lot about that in my Herald column. She could go on my website yeah. and search, do a search for cash funds there and get information about that. Um, but broadly... It's, a, it's another way of saying a low-risk fund, really, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. It's a very low-risk fund as a cash fund, yes. Maybe yeah. just slightly higher than putting it in the bank or, or about That's the right. same? That's yeah. right. It's, it's, yeah, you, you know, you've got a chance of making a bit more than in a bank, not a lot, because basically the funds are investing in the sort of investments like bank term deposits, but 
they can they sometimes take on a little bit more risk and get a bit more return on them. But yeah, but she um, now she's she's looking at also wondering she's got six hundred thousand dollars and she's looking at whether that's enough to retire on. A very basic rule that's sort of right for people is if you retire at sixty five and with six hundred thousand dollars, you can spend about six hundred a week until you die. That that's mm. how long that money's likely to last. Um, so and if you retire with two hundred thousand you could spend two hundred dollars a week. It, it, it's a it's a very rough rule but it works pretty well. Um, it depends a bit on how you invest the money in retirement, etc. But it gives people a rough idea. So she could, should be thinking about whether she, whether six hundred dollars a week over and above New Zealand Super, would be enough for them to have a nice time, or whether she'd rather have a bit more if she continues working because she says she's still enjoying what she's doing. Yeah. Um, and so maybe she should keep working for a few more years because don't forget, for every extra year you work. You can build your savings up, and you've also got fewer years of, of retirement to fund at the other end. So it's it, you know it's kind of like you get a double whammy out of every every extra year you work yeah. at that point in life. Thumbs up, Margaret. Yeah. Uh, jo says she's retired and still has money in her KiwiSaver account, and she has a lot more in a term deposit, which will mature soon. She's thinking of adding that sum to her KiwiSaver and drawing some out quarterly to live on. Is that a good idea? Yes, it can be. Um, KiwiSaver can be really good for people in retirement, you know, a great way for people to be using their money. And don't forget these days, sorry, for for storing your money until you spend it, Um, don't forget these days anyone at any age can join KiwiSaver. So if someone's listening and they're over 65 and they're not in KiwiSaver, they can join. They don't get the government money or compulsory employer contributions, but it's still quite a good place to, to be parking your money. Um, I would say, no, what, what you want to do, and we referred to this a little bit before, is think about that money, the money you're likely to be spending in the next three years, put it in a very low-risk KiwiSaver fund, but then if you've got some you're planning to spend from three to ten, ten years, put that in a KiwiSaver bond fund, and if you're, um, if it's longer term money than that money you're planning to be spending in your 80s and 90s, perhaps, then if you're brave enough, put it into a higher risk KiwiSaver fund, and and it'll, you know, as long as you let it stay there through thick and thin, you should end up with more money in the long run. There's quite a lot about this in my um, two books that are out there because um, it's a lot for people to absorb just on the radio. There's yeah. rich enough or or a richer you have both got quite big sections on sort of how to organise your retirement money so that might, I'm not just trying to sell my box, it's just that it's quite a lot for people to not grab. Not really, yeah. In, uh, yeah, in two appreciate minutes. Appreciate that. Sorry? Um, I appreciate that, yes. Uh, yes. Peter turns 65 next month. Uh, he says if he pays another $1,000 or $1,024 into his KiwiSaver account before then, will he get the full $512 government contribution or is it pro rata? It's now just a tiny little correction. It's not 1024 and it's 1042 I'm not just being pedantic, but <laughs> people might miss out on a bit. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's pro rata, Peter, sorry. So if you turn 65 in August, then you when the, the end of the KiwiSaver year comes around next July, 
um, or end of June, um, you'll get a government contribution that's proportionate to how much of your of that June, July to June year you were under 65. So in your case, it's not a lot if you're turning 65 in August. But look, when, and then people sometimes get all, oh, well, how much should I put in anyway? And I say, look, don't worry too much about it. Just put in uh, roughly the amount you think you might might work, plus a bit more, because you're going to get access to it um, as, soon as, as soon as you turn 65 anyway. And it's your money, and it's sitting there in KiwiSaver. It could be in a lot worse places in the meantime. Hey, Mary, guess who got his $512 government contribution, even though he only transferred his... Uh money on the 30th of June at about 11.30 in the morning. Well done, Jesse. You must have a good provider to have counted. And you just committed the same thing. You said 512, it's 521. Sorry. People, yeah. <laughs> people, look, look I'm, I'm not just being pedantic. People get very um, worried about these finer points sometimes. Yeah, well enough. done, Jesse. And next time, maybe you shouldn't push it so much. Yeah, you say that every yeah. year, and I yeah. say, OK, I will. Um, we have $400,000 invested in an ANZ term deposit. It's paying 0.95% per annum. We're both retired 75-year-olds and inexperienced investors. Could you please offer us your advice around a more fruitful investment? This is a great question. Um, they name a couple of funds and ask for your thoughts on them, Fisher Funds and Milford Funds, and what portion of our investments would you suggest we place where and at what level of risk? Uh, from what we've heard, the above would be more beneficial beneficial to us than our present investment with term deposits. And there will be loads of people in this position, right? Yes, yes, there are. Although, interestingly enough, um, term deposit rates have just... ASB's just raised its term deposit rates a little bit. And, you know, the Reserve Bank's saying interest rates will be going up um, in the next, you know, months, really. And so term deposit rates should start going up a bit too, but they, they're certainly not going to suddenly get a whole lot higher. So, yes, so retired people, the option is... Now, these people have suggested a couple of funds, which are uh, Fisher Funds and Milford Funds, that advertise a lot. Um, there's nothing wrong with them, but their fees are not low, and so they won't like me saying this, but I think some of the other... Um, KiwiSaver providers um, offer just as good returns with lower fees so um, and services, etc. Um, so I wouldn't particularly recommend those two. But the question is really whether they should move into KiwiSaver funds of some sort. Um, that's, the, that's the obvious option for them. Um, and I would say, yes, once again, you want to put... The money that you're planning to spend within a short period of about, say, three years in the lowest risk KiwiSaver fund and then and then the others, as we've just been talking about, um, fanning on up to the, the higher risk, if you've got the courage to do that. But if you haven't, then leave it all um, in the in the low-risk one. It's, got, it's probably going to earn you a little bit more than in a bank term deposit. It might be a little bit volatile. It might some the balance might sometimes go down a little bit. But in the long run you should earn, you know, a slightly higher return on it. Great. Um, a couple of people wanting to uh, to point out, and I know you know this, but just to get you to clarify it really that some employers don't pay KiwiSaver contributions because they 
do a bit of a tricky thing when they're negotiating your package that you sort of negotiate out of it. Does that ring a bell for you? Yes, yeah. That, it's called total remuneration, mm. and it's where they're basically saying they want to treat all their employees the same, whether they're in KiwiSaver or not, and so they um, effectively give everybody the same deal. And what it amounts to is that you're not better off in KiwiSaver than you are out of it, or not not materially better off. It's quite complicated. Um, it, there's not a lot people can do if that's what your employer does, and um, some of the bigger ones are more inclined to do it. Some gov- The government got rid of it at one point. It was allowed, then it wasn't allowed, then it was allowed again. I would like to see it got rid of, although not everybody agrees with me about that. Um, you're, you're marginally better off in than out, I think, because of, for, for tax reasons. But um, And it's just, on, in the long run, better off to be in KiwiSaver. So, yeah, don't abandon it, but... but Pressure your bosses, if you can, to to change that, because I don't think it's good. I, don't, I think the the argument that we want to treat our employees all the same, whether they're in or out of KiwiSaver, doesn't really wash, because KiwiSaver is meant to be a privilege, meant to meant to be more attractive for people. Um, you know, some people say, well, some most people, a lot of you know, lower income people can't afford KiwiSaver, but you could afford to be in there for one year at 3% and then go on a savings suspension and just perhaps put $10 a week in or something like that. You know, there are ways for lower-income people who are struggling to still be in KiwiSaver. So that's my two pennies worth on that one, yeah. Thank you. Can I just throw this one at you, Mary? I'm really sure. interested in what you make of it. Margaret says, I'm 75 with a KiwiSaver balanced fund. And lately, she says, KiwiSaver has been urging her to move to a managed fund should she move in order to earn higher interest. What do you make of that? So she's 75 in a balanced fund. Yeah, and she says, KiwiSaver, I guess that means her KiwiSaver provider has been urging her to move to a managed fund. I don't know quite what she means by a managed fund because that managed fund is a big, all-encompassing word that includes... All KiwiSaver funds and Ma- Margaret, all non-KiwiSaver funds. Yeah, maybe, Margaret, I'll um, ask you to, if, if you can send the correspondence to me and we'll take a look at it maybe off here and see if we can help you out. Yeah, yes. That was great fun, Mary. Thank you. Yes, it was a pleasure. And, you know, perhaps we can do it again sometime because we've got more than that. Yeah, but, yeah, but, let's do that. Yes, OK. Very good. Uh, Mary Holm, our personal finance expert, giving you advice on the questions that you've sent through over the last couple of days. And, uh, yeah, definitely later in the year I'll give you a heads up and uh, we'll give you the opportunity once again.